This is the Yob ConvoCast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome back to the Yob ConvoCast conversations with the most beautiful people on the planet, in the universe. (laughs) Beauty tribe. Um, We're back with Adam. Adam, what's up? Tom, you're so good at this. You're so professional at recording podcasts. Your transition from just casual chit-chat, warm-up conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure your guest is comfortable and has his whistle wet, then shifting (laughs) into the rest of the podcast is just so seamless. It's like it was so smooth and... You're just, you know, you're, such, you're such a great host. You know what you're doing. I don't know if you know this. I've I've recorded over a hundred Yobcasts now and over sixty Convocasts. So I've done this. I've done this a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable, Adam? I want to make sure that you're you're in a good space because we have a great conversation in front of us. I think I'm comfortable. I feel like I look like I'm filming a hostage. Uh, video. Yeah, you were texting me about having some technical difficulties finding a nice quiet place to record. Yeah, well, neighbors on both sides of me are doing some construction work, but oh. so it's, it's hard to find a refugee in my house, a refuge in my house. Um, <laughs> there are no refugees in my house except for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I, I'm comfortable. I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be such a fun conversation because, you know, we've talked about the Enneagram, something that you love. Last time we talked about mm. strengths finders and positivity yeah. and something else that you love. Um, and so now we're just hitting, we're just continuing to hit the ground running with things that you love slash things that I love. It's always great when, when both sides of the conversation are aligned in their love for a certain yes. topic or a certain conversation. Because today we are talking about the beloved slash slightly repetitive but also also fresh every season tv show reality tv show survivor we're talking about survivor Survivor. oh and speaking of things i love i just there are few things in this world i love more than survivor it it makes me so so happy yes and survivor is evergreen ever new ever fresh Mm. every season is is new and wonderful and you'll you know, be renewed in your first love for the show. Every time you dip your toes back into the waters, except for season 43, which did not happen. Um, but yeah. <laughs> for those for those that aren't keeping count at home, we're up to season 44 now. And we're going to, towards the 44. end of the episode, we'll talk about the current season. We've got a couple episodes um, under our belts for this new season of Survivor. So for any Survivor fans listening, we got, you know, we'll reserve the last part of this episode to talk about the current season but for those that maybe aren't as big into this show or aren't sure what we're going to talk about today i really want to explore like why do two not straight people like ourselves why do we love the show so much and furthermore why does this seem to be a trend amongst the greater queer audience because over the years for whatever reason survivor has attracted um a very strong following amongst the LGBTQ community. And I just, I'm really curious to explore that with you. Like, what is it that draws people like us to this show? Cause it's just way more common. Like I, back in the day to show my little origin story of survivor a little bit, I used to play online reality games called ORGs. ORGs. 
and I would play, someone would organize it and they would set up these forums and people would apply. Like you would send it in like an email application or you might do a Skype interview or something. Um, and so then you would play on this forum. This was years ago, like 15 years ago, I did this. Um, when I was fresh out of, in college, not even out of college, in college, um, in college mm. and out of college. And I would play like with these strangers around the internet. And by and large, this was before I came out, but like, so everyone assumed I was like the one straight person because pretty much 80 to 90% of the people I'd be playing with were gay. Um, mostly mm. men, you get a, a smattering of women. It would always be like 70% men, 30% women. It was very rarely 50, 50, like this show tries, like the show always is on TV. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Cause I just wondered like for years, like why are there so many gay people playing these online versions of survivor but then that translates clearly into just a you know a, a beloved reaction to this show so so i want to learn like from you and then i'll share for myself like what drew you to, to survivor have you been watching from the beginning or are you one of those like people who figured it out 20 seasons down the road and jumped on board like what's what's your story with this show yeah well first of all this is this is very unscripted um I yesterday unexpectedly ended up falling down this little wormhole and just looking up and researching if there are still orgs that are thriving and still being put on. And there are so, so many. There are, yeah. You should get back in the game. <laughs> Honestly. That would be so for all the time for all the amount of time I spend on the internet for your other brothers, I can only imagine you tack on it's like a part-time job. You have to spend all these hours online yeah. talking to people on the on it. It's really <laughs> fun, but it's time consuming. So I don't know. It's it's a lot. Well, it is a lot. And you, you sure I understand that that point. But think about how fun it would be if we did one together and competed against each ah, other. Yeah. Maybe work together, stab each other in the back. That'd be so much fun. Anyhow, voting you out, voting you out would be so much fun. <laughs> that would no, be fun. I would cry. I would cry. No, you wouldn't. No, you. I wouldn't. would. You would I think that. I would. I would love that. I would be the main person to vote out because I'd give a really big dramatic reaction where I would just be <laughs> angry and devastated and hurt, and um, uh, there'd be a lot of theatrics involved. So mm. you should stab me in the back and cut my throat, or at least try. Um, I'll definitely get you first. Now, remember, I don't know if this is a conversation with you or someone else. They all run together. But like, I have this thing. Wow. I... Okay. Okay. Conversations with me. And <laughs> no, I honestly don't remember. I'm I don't so remember if it was you or not. So unique and memorable. Wow. I, I was on this. Okay. I was I was on this thing. I think it was with you where I was like, I have this like, like sarcasm and irony is a big love language. So like, I kind of love it mm -hmm. when people say spiteful things toward me. So like some doing yeah. something spiteful, like voting me out would be very devastating, but I would do it. I don't know if I would be part of me that would enjoy being voted out by a dear friend or something. I don't know, yeah. I don't know how that would go. That would mess with my emotions. I would be interested to find out. <laughs> I've been voted out every single time I've played these games. I've, I've played five or six of them in my time and I've gotten voted out every single time. And every single time it was sad. It was like, oh, I thought you people liked me and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just eventually you run out of people to choose from. So there you go. Yeah. And it's a badge of honor because they view you as a threat. And obviously That's you are right. a threat and you're good at those games. And you did really well in so many of those games you're talking about. I'm so threatening. Yeah, I've gotten as high as fourth and fifth place. Those were my best. Exactly. Settings. Yeah. And fourth and fifth is notoriously the spot where the big strategic threat gets eliminated. 
Like that's right. Fourth and fifth is such a badge of honor. They were afraid of me. They couldn't. They couldn't stand going to the end with me. So that's why. That's Genuinely, why. yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Adam, how did you get into this show? What <laughs> what called to you about this show? So I wish I could say that I started from the beginning in the year 2000. Excuse me, I have to find someone else to talk to now, someone who's actually been there from the start. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Okay, so the show started in 2000. When did you come along? When did you start watching this show? So I, my family would not have been the type to have allowed us to watch Survivor with you know people in their bathing suits or whatever. Um, and so I, it wasn't an option for me to get into growing up and it wasn't anything that was a part of my family culture. And so I didn't discover it until recently, just in the pandemic, actually, the very start of the pandemic, that March or April, I just suddenly found myself with time to dive in and it had been like building up and building up me thinking about getting into it. And then finally, when the pandemic hit, I had all this time and I just became so insanely addicted so immediately. I watched 30 seasons in two months. <laughs> One no in two months. way. That's I'm like a season exactly. every other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did I mean, you do I was that? Like, I mean, there'd be, yeah, I, it was the pandemic, like the start of the pandemic when everything was shut down. So I had nothing but time and it was just me and my roommate, and um, I would just work on puzzles and go on walks. And like when I wasn't watching Survivor, I was like listening to podcasts about Survivor, oh, which has been my gosh. true ever since then. But I would also watch it on like 1.5, 1. 1.75 yeah, speed. Yeah, that's the strategy. Yeah, speed it up yeah. a little bit. Wow, so, so thank you, Pandemic, for introducing Survivor mm. to my guest here today. My life has never been the same since. So what, so what you mentioned it was building up, like what attracted you to the show? Like, oh, that's a show that I want to watch at some point. Like what was, what about it was, was calling to you? And then what made it so addicting once you started watching? Yeah. Well, I think learning a little bit about the, the apparatus around Survivor in terms of the, all of the commentary and the history and the, um, like the kind of like all the discussions around Survivor and all the podcasting around Survivor and all of the lore and all of the things you can get to learn about the game and explore about the game. That was just interesting and intriguing. It just seemed like this whole um, biosphere that you can just kind of sink your teeth into and, and learn like in this whole other world. Um, and just above all, I was really intrigued by the strategic gameplay that was going on. And I always love, I love competition. And I love strategy. Um, and then what hooked me just immediately was, I mean, gosh, just everything about it. The, yeah, the competition, the fact that it was a competition that required not, you know, sports skills and you know which is all well and good which is fine you know you don't have to learn how to shoot a basketball in a hoop or um you don't have to be the fastest runner or swimmer but you have to 
be strategic, a critical thinker. You have to think ahead. You have to be very sociable. You have to be able to um, use social skills to make alliances and make friends and think through and anticipate what other people are thinking and anticipate when other people are trying to come for you. Just that, all of the social strategic machinations that were involved and all of the the soft skills you had to have in order to make it far in the game, in order to dwell in the game. That was just so thrilling to me um, because it just felt like a sport that was so much more accessible to anyone uh, that like anyone could come up and dive into the game of Survivor and do really well and have a lot of fun doing it um, just so long as you were smart and social and could just maneuver a lot of different social dynamics and um, could think critically and strategically. Yeah. 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 And I think, cause you like games, right? Are you a, you're like a love game person. You games. love games. Yeah. And I think maybe there's, maybe there's a bigger connection here because I also have noticed over the years, just in my connections with guys in Yab and elsewhere, but I just feel like by and large, our population loves board games, loves strategy, loves things like that. Maybe it's sort of like an, a conduit. Like if mm-hmm. um, if we feel like we don't excel or don't have confidence in traditional sports or game like games, like whether it's basketball or football or baseball or, or any of those things, like maybe we gravitate. We still have this like competitive energy inside of us that needs to come out somewhere. And so maybe board yes. games is like one way it does. And by extension, you look at Survivor, which is like, a human board game, a, a human chess yeah. is kind of what it's called. Like, I think maybe that's a conduit for, for this, this like competitive sporty energy that we still have. It's just got to find its way out in some, some other capacity. So I can see that being yeah. true of myself. Cause I'm a big, yeah, I'm a yeah. big game strategy person as well. And, and I think I'm thinking back. So for me, I am a survivor lifer. I am a survivor purist nice. going all the way back to it. 2000. <laughs> I was a, Gosh, how old was I? I was 13 the summer of 2000 when this show came out. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire had just come out. And that to me was so enthralling and so gripping that there was this quiz show that there was a million dollar prize and Regis was hosting and he was such a great (laughs) host. And and I was already kind of in that mindset of like epic, some sort of an epic game show um, for whatever reason. Like I remember watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and it was on late at night. Like it was during the school nights and I have to stay up to watch it. And I think my parents, sometimes they would let me watch it and sometimes they wouldn't. Um, and yeah. so I just remember leading into the summer of 2000, this show Survivor about people being stranded on an island and they have to, like, I didn't know that at the very beginning when it was put on TV, like no one knew what the rules were or how this show even right. worked. We were just told that 16 people would be put on an island and at the end, one of them will be left. And so, so it's like, how are they getting eliminated? What? How, how does this show even work? But I don't. I didn't care. I just watched it, and I still remember watching it, uh, watching the premiere at my grandparents' house because I was visiting my grandparents that summer, um, and I was just hooked right away from the first, yeah. like, the first yodeling voices in the background, like it was like <laughs> right from the beginning. Yeah, and I was I was hooked, and I had to wait. I couldn't binge seasons. Yeah, all in a row like you did. I had to wait week after week to watch this show play mm. out and. Um, and I was just so hooked as a kid. I will be honest, because I was as I was thinking today about reasons why gay people slash me slash you slash maybe a lot of people listening love this show. Um, I think that is definitely one thing that we just mentioned, just like the the yeah. love for strategy and gamey gaminess. Like I think that's part of it. I'll be honest, as a 13-year-old, right in the middle of 
a developing body and hormones and puberty <laughs> unfolding. Like I think I, I liken Survivor sometimes to like, uh, you know, that row of the the underwear when you go into Target or Walmart or something <laughs> and you see all of those bodies there. It's almost like you get to watch that for 40 minutes. Cause I would be lying if I said that wasn't a, a draw to the show. It wasn't the dominant reason. I wouldn't say that's right. like at the top of the list. I'm not an animal, you know, but, but yeah. I'm also a human and I enjoy looking at beautiful, I was, I was going to say beautiful bodies, but let's be honest, I was looking at the men on the screen. And I think that to me, <laughs> as a 13 year old, 14, 15 year old who watched this show season after season after season, like, um, like, I don't know, there was, there was that element of it too. And so I do wonder if that's part of it. Like, it's not all of it. It's not yeah. a big part of it, but it is a a part of it. It's funny that you mentioned your family wouldn't let you watch it because <laughs> people in bathing suits, sometimes not even bathing suits, it's like in their underwear and in their bras and in their just undergarments. Like it's, uh, it can be, it can be a little, a little much, but it's like a hundred degrees out there. They gotta, they gotta survive. Yeah, that's really more what it is. Yeah. And especially I think for a teenager, it would be a lot and it would be like, oh, wow, like this is very interesting. But now as an adult, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just beautiful people just being comfortable and just doing what they have to do to survive the elements. And, um, but it's not like, like a stumbling block or it's not like, uh, it, it's not at all sexually explicit or survivor doesn't air on HBO. So it's not like that you see the nakedness or you see like, like exactly. a lot, a lot more yes. than what they can show on public television. So yeah, there's, there's yeah, that element of it too. It's not sexual at all. So it's, it's very safe and fun in that regard. Um, I, I do think that's an element. Um, they're very attractive people, attractive guys, um, of a very diverse variety, which is a lot of fun. I think one thing I was thinking of and trying to think through why, um, queer people, my gay men especially might be drawn to Survivor is the fact that growing up queer, they're typically, unless you were in an extremely progressive House. Most people growing up had to really be closeted and had to hide themselves, hide, hide their sexualities, hide anything that might give that away. And so a lot of queer people growing up developed hypervigilance or had to be hypervigilant mm -hmm. and watch everything they said and did. And they also had to, I mean, I, I, I can speak for myself. I certainly had to be hyper aware of uh, what the people around me were saying and thinking and like read really deeply into their intentions just to like stay yeah. safe and just to make sure that I wasn't um, saying the wrong thing or like hiding myself well. And so you, a lot of queer people growing up develop these skills of learning how to say the exact right thing and how to like position themselves and posture themselves well and how to present themselves well and how to like navigate difficult dynamics in conversations and difficult social dynamics and um yeah learn how to really read a room and read people's body language and i think what's thrilling about survivor from that standpoint and what might be a huge draw for queer people is that it's those skills that we learned growing up um and fine-tuned growing up that are the exact skill set you need to really thrive in Survivor. Mm. Everyone on the island is in this position to where they have to be hypervigilant, have to watch everything they say and they do, and have to read people and try to gauge 
what people are thinking, what people are talking about, and navigate a lot of complicated social dynamics. And it's a skill set that feels like it was already kind of given to queer people. That, that was a skill set that so many queer people already have. And so it's like a game that was like built and designed for them to yeah. thrive in. So I think that could be one element. You you put that so much better than I could have because I was thinking exactly that same thing. We were on the same same wavelength. I was just nice. thinking about that. I was like, yeah, we are already in survival mode from like the time we start figuring yeah. out that there's something different with us. And so you just put words to all of that where um, there's no sense that I would repeat it or add on to it. Like that just says says everything I was thinking in addition to what we've already already put out there i just think well um thank you yeah this this show is made this show is made for gay people it's it really is (laughs) and it's it's also so gratifying um a lot of gay men feel growing grow up feeling like other or feeling less masculine in a way and might feel that's just like commonality i think many of us share and um feeling just like a little bit separate from more um, traditionally masculine, um, straight guys growing up. And it's so gratifying to see queer people really thrive on this show and just to see, not queer people, but to see um, more than that, to see like other body types and other types of people, like the nerdy archetypes and guys, gay or straight, who are like skinny or not very athletic or um, potentially like overweight and not super muscular. And to see them beat and dominate uh, the like traditionally muscular masculine guys, it's like that, that classic masculine archetype actually doesn't do very well on the show. And uh, it's like, this is the game where actually they come in with like a disadvantage. You come in with a disadvantage if you are very um, like uh, unaware socially. And if you are obviously very like muscular and super fit. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's so much fun to see like women and other types of people um, just come in and be so well suited for the game and also just to like beat up on and dominate all these other guys. There is something, there is something super gratifying. I don't know if you're the same way, but there's something super gratifying to me when like the super macho alpha male type, like they're always, yes. they're pretty much always guaranteed to make it through the merge. For those that don't know the survivor layout, yeah. they typically will start out as tribes of, you know, six people, eight people, 10 people. Um, that's the first part of the game is they compete as tribes. And then at one point in the game, when there's like 10 or 12 people left, all the tribes will merge and they'll be individuals fighting for themselves in one tribe. Um, and typically, I mean, there's there are fluctuations season to season, but typically those like big, strong alpha male types kind of have a, a little bit of a free pass through the first part of the game because you need their strength to do well in the challenges. And they're usually people that, um, I mean, again, there are exceptions, but they usually by and large will make it to that merge part. But then for me, there's something so gratifying once we get to that merge part. And now it's like all of the smaller, weaker people like band together and they go against the big, strong alpha types and take them out like 
usually within the first few votes of the merge. And to me, that's just so gratifying to be like, if you can just survive long enough, you know, you have, you, you're not as strong as them, you're not as, you don't have as much endurance as them, or you don't have as much of a presence as them. But if you can just stay in the game, if you can just survive a little bit longer, a little bit longer, um, then you will have your day. You will be able to overtake the, yes. favorite, the, the person who typically succeeds in life or is more noticed in life. Um, the exactly. little underdogs can rise up. And that's just so gratifying. It's happened so It's so times. gratifying. It's <laughs> such a game for underdogs. It happens time and time again. It's it's beautiful to see. That's very well said. Also, gay people do so well on this show. I mean, they do, really, yeah. The, the one player, without any spoilers, who kind of shaped the game more than anybody and helped kind of establish the blueprint for how the game developed and became what it is today was a gay man like he yeah, if there's the yeah. founding father of this television show it's a gay man and the best one of the best winners ever oh okay i'm spoilers it's also a gay man it's just like <laughs> gay people have done really well on the show but yeah, yeah it's, it's above all it's a show for underdogs and it's wonderful to see i wish there is there probably is like a stat page i'd be curious to see like the percentage of gay people or queer people who have um made it to a certain point in the game because i do get the sense that a good yes. number of them made it to like the last few legs of the game so i yeah i'd have to check, I, well, check the I, stats on that i did check the stats on that you and did? very yeah of course Whoa. Um, and very few people very few gay men were kicked off before the merge almost all gay men made it to the yeah. merge or passed i mean in so. my mind that's kind of what i was thinking like a lot definitely a majority of them made it to the merge but even a good number of those made it to like the final final four yeah. final five you know like pretty far exactly pretty far in the game yeah exactly. so what a fun yeah what a fun little exploration um of this of this topic um as you can see, the the hourglass we're getting we're getting a little towards the end of our conversation, Adam. So, what do you say we we crack open this season a little bit? You want to do that? Talk Let's get this into season. this season. We're on season forty four. So, a few seasons ago, Survivor they just stopped naming them after the locations because for the last decade or something, they've just hunkered down in Fiji and they just film all of their seasons in Fiji now. Um, so, for the last yeah. few seasons, they don't even call it Survivor Fiji or Survivor island chain whatever um they're calling the seasons by the twist of the season for a few seasons and that kind of got repetitive and clunky um so now they're just being super simple which i appreciate if they're gonna i wish they wanted to stay in fiji i wish they would go to different places i miss how they used to go to different parts of the world but if they're gonna stay in fiji like just call it by the number season that we're on that's that that works so we're on season 44 for those that are listening to this like 20 years from now and they want to know what we thought of if they want to know about what we thought about the first two episodes of survivor 44 they will find this podcast and they will listen to it um but i'm i'm so excited to talk about a season because i i did this once with nate on the all winner season i think we we did a like a survivor recap of some of some episode in that season so so it's been a few years since i've had a survivor recap show or discussion like this one so i'm so excited Uh, i hope i hope at least five listeners are too maybe this could be the pilot or premiere episode of your Yob Survivor recap show. Ooh. I mean... Listeners, hit us up if that's a show you would listen to. We'll definitely have yeah. to come back at the end of the... I think this would be fun to come back at the end of the season and then kind of revisit this season. And, and what did we yes. think? Did it get better? Did it get worse? Did it end great? Did it end flat? What was, yeah, kind of a before and after. I think that would be fun. 
This also, I want to talk about the season, but this also makes me think about another topic I wanted to talk about. Survivor. We'll save that for the very end. Um, but yeah, Ooh. this season, season 44, we've had three eliminations after two episodes. Um, mm. It was really sad. Somebody, I mean, I, I guess spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen the first two episodes, there it is. The spoiler yeah. alert is out. Um, but anyway, there was a sad injury in the first episode that took took out somebody that you really loved. So that was really sad. But I did. Um, but we've had two two tribal councils, two vote offs now. It's been um, very strategic already. It's very yeah, it's a strategic group, I would say. Absolutely, it's it, it's just the perfect Venn diagram of strategic and very entertaining characters. Oh my gosh! In the best way. Can we start with the purple tribe? There's there's a green uh, tribe and a purple tribe that we really love. The orange tribe is kind of whatever. I I could care less yeah. about them. But Purple Tribe. So there is my probably my favorite person on the show right now is this like hippie drug counselor, middle-aged uh, mom named Carolyn. She is like Carolyn. <laughs> she, her so facial expressions, wonderful. her voice, her laughter, the way she walks, uh, the way she talks. She she I just want her on my screen the whole time I'm watching her. I just yes. want to watch her operate in this world, you know? And she- I know, <laughs> everything she does is entertaining and wonderful and so funny. Like not a single movement is wasted. I know, and I feel so sad because it's like she is the prototype for like, who do you vote off before the merge? Like, oh, you get rid of the older woman who's not as strong or who's like maybe a little kooky or a little different. But so far- Traditionally. Traditionally, yeah. So she's got her hand, the, the stack, it's stacked against her for sure, but- She's, you know, she's found an idol advantage and she's, um, I don't know. She's, I think she's in a good spot now. After this. I was nervous about this episode. She's in a like great she's in a spot. Great spot. So I really she is, hope she she's got to make it to the merge. And then she will. <laughs> There's no shot she's not going to. I, I feel very confident that my two favorite players from that tribe are making the merge. And who are your two favorite players carolyn and jam jam is it jam jam or yam yam <laughs> it's jam jam he said, put out a video saying it's pronounced jam jam but on the uh, screen they spell it yam yam like it's a <laughs> meat but you just jam yeah, jam you pronounce the y as a j yeah yeah it's like it's he's latino he's from puerto rico and so he's got yeah. like the that energy um, we were talking about this with some friends he is like what did somebody say he's like 10 queer people in one <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> something of that effect. He's he's very gay. He's very he's got the mannerisms and the voice, but he's so sweet and so funny. He's like he's so he, uh, sweet. He's got such a great energy. I love I love him too. I really like him. He's beautiful and just has the best energy and just seems to be really confident in himself and comfortable with himself. And that's very attractive. And that's just a wonderful quality for anyone to have. And he's also so entertaining. He's so funny. Mm. I don't understand how. Two of just like the best, most interesting, charismatic, entertaining, funny characters somehow ended up on the same season in the same tribe. In it's the same such tribe. Yeah. A joy. And they're allied. They're working together. They're out. They're working together. together. They fit really well together. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited <laughs> for them. And then also on the purple tribe, my favorite person to look at. He's just so adorable to look at. He's Carson. So, I really like him. Kind of got the nerd uh archetype with the big thick glasses and he's a rocket scientist at Georgia Tech. Um so he's got like clearly a, the smarts and he's very smart. But something I was really endeared by in the premiere episode, he talked about how he's never dated anybody 
and he's yeah. presumably straight, I guess, but he's never dated uh. a woman. And he uh, and he did like this insane workout regimen where he was like this like super pasty, pale, skinny, little nerdy boy. And then he gained 30 pounds of muscle and bulk and he looks really good now. Like that's- Yeah, yeah, he looks great. Yeah, I know. And he's he's doing such a good job and he's like very entertaining and fun. And I, I really like him and charismatic and seems very smart and strategic. And he was definitely the center of the, um, the latest tribal council. Like he ended up, I think, making that decision. Yes, he was instrumental. A Carson Jam Jam, Carolyn final three would be divine. <laughs> uh, I would be so down for that. We'll see. There's still a long game I to play. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of game to play. But um, yeah, I really hope they stick together and I hope they make it through the merge. It's like, I, I feel like they're like a little family unit. It's like Jam Jam and Carolyn are the parents and the I don't want child. The, I don't want the purple tribe to lose anymore. Um, real quick, because again, no. I've written off the orange tribe. There's really nobody on orange tribe. I'm super like, <laughs> on right now. But green tribe, yeah. I'm in love with Franny and Matt. There's again, there's like mm. more dork, dorky vibes going on carried over from yeah. again, it's all about cheering for the underdogs in life you know it's like matt was really vulnerable <laughs> saying that he just got out of a relationship and that was really hard for him and now all of a sudden he finds this like attraction for franny who's this yeah. like kind of a goofy they're both kind of a little goofy nerdy type i'm a little afraid uh, for them because if they're so obvious about their connection i know with the, other, the other four might band up against them because they haven't had to vote yet so they're they're still all intact so i'm a little yeah. worried about franny and matt or as i'm hashtagging them frat and we'll Brad. see. We'll see. But I really love those two together. I think they have a great energy. I I like the two together. I like the two of them together a lot as well. I am super worried for them. It feels like Matt especially is just his gameplay is very clouded. He doesn't have like have a clear perspective. It seems like um, I I'm, I I feel very doubtful of his ability to progress far in the game, or at least mm-hmm. do very well. Franny seems like she's a little bit more clear headed, but how do you, I feel like, honestly, the best thing that could happen for her game-wise would be if Matt got cut and then she could just double Spread down on her friendships yeah. and relationships with especially Claire, um, who is probably my favorite on that tribe, her and Franny. I love Claire. I'm very impressed with her. Okay. I love how she stirred the pot in season, in episode one and caused so much chaos in a tribe she wasn't even involved in just for talking with Matthew on the sit-out bench. And there is both um, secret scenes. Have you seen the secret, like deleted scenes no, that they put tell out? No, tell me your secrets. Yeah, what are in the They both scenes? revolve around Claire. Um, and the first one in particular, it was just all about how everyone on the tribe loves Claire and about how much social power Claire has on that tribe. Um, and okay. she just seemed very smart and put together and she's also giving great expressions and great just like you know jam jam and caroline have like the best facial reactions to everything and are so funny um claire's also been really funny i love the look of like the very skeptical look uh, of kind of disdain that she gave to franny and matt when she was like what are these guys doing but that was just really funny well, Franny, Franny is my top pick to win. So that was preseason. Yes. We did a little, we did a little draw, and so she is my favorite to win. But I think Carson's right behind. I, I, I think they're in really good spots. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You have half of a good team. You have Carson and Franny 
They're super solid. And then you have Brandon and Jamie from the Orange Drive. And yeah. <laughs> Brandon, which is fun. He's a former NFL player. Like, you know, he seems sweet though. He doesn't seem like so so macho and like out yeah. of touch with his feelings. He seems sweet. He is from very close. He's the next door neighbor town to where I grew up in Pennsylvania. So that's where he lives now. So that's pretty a fun little connection. That's all I have to say right. about the Orange Tribe for now. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go. Here's something I wanted to put out there because over the years, last few years, Survivor, there was a push for like more diversity on the show. Um, yes. So pretty much for the last, I don't even know, five or six seasons, maybe more than that. Um, they've had way more of a push to have more racial diversity, certainly. But even in the last few seasons, having more diversity amongst um, the LGBTQ community too. It used to be that there would be like the token gay person one is like one a season or maybe even like one every other season sometimes. Like it took, sometimes yeah. there just wasn't, there wasn't a lot. I mean, when they were in the game, they always did well, as we mentioned, but but there are few and far between for the first however many seasons, 30, 30 something seasons. Now it's like there's at least three or four gay people, queer people on each season, which is Really interesting because it's interesting to see like queer people interacting with one another, which you used to not have in previous yeah. Survivor seasons, like syncing up or going head to head against each other sometimes. Um, it's really that's kind of an interesting new dynamic. And it's just made me think about how, you know, if Survivor's pushing for diversity, I mean, I think that's that's a winning formula, like find new people that you've never had before. Like we've Absolutely. never had someone like Carolyn before. We've never had someone like Jam Jam before. Like they're so different. Um, but something that's never been on the show, to my knowledge anyway, is a side B Christian, also attracted to the same sex, living out a traditional sexual ethic. Like <laughs> I, for one, would love to see somebody like that on this show to see a little something yeah. more. Cause I see something of myself sometimes in the queer people that are on the show, but there's always a little bit of a disconnect sometimes in that regard. So I'm curious if that's yeah. something you've thought about or if you think that will ever happen. Do you think we'll ever see like representation amongst a side B population on this show? That's such a good question. I doubt it. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I doubt it. I would love to see it though. Because they have Christians on this show. I mean, they'll put Christians on yeah. the show. I mean, there's always like, again, yeah. your token Christian person on the show usually most seasons. So so that's not a leap. But I do wonder if that's too far of a leap. Like, would that be too controversial to have somebody who kind of goes against right. the grain in the predominant culture? Like, I, I do wonder how that yeah. would go over. controversial. Um, yeah, which is a, it's a, it's a rotten shame. Um, because I, yeah, I would absolutely love to see that. A rotten shame. Is that what you said? I said it's a right shame, but I, I just, oh, it's a right shame. Cause I, I've applied, I've applied for the show and I've, I've mentioned yeah. that as part of my story. I haven't applied much, just like two or three times, I think, but, um, yeah. this was years ago. I haven't applied in a long time. So I've, I've been thinking about it. Like, do I apply for this show? How would I be received on this show you know like i just yeah. wonder i, I wonder because it'd be at this point impossible to it's like the question what do you do for a living i guess i could always lie about what i do for a living or what i who i am but <laughs> i'm not good at lying which means i'm probably not good at this show honestly when i've played the online games like i my bold strategy is try to tell the truth as much as possible because <laughs> if i have to lie it's probably going to be difficult like i don't know it doesn't come naturally Dang. to me like really? some people yeah, yeah. I'm a great. Not liar. saying it's you. <laughs> oh no, it is me. I'm, I'm a very good liar. <laughs> I had a feeling. Sure. Yeah, I think it's come up before yeah. in our conversations that you're a pretty good liar. Yeah, you would be a deceiver. I would be. You know, it's not a skill set I'm 
proud or grateful to have, you know, something. But you're honest, you're authentic, you own it. Yeah, exactly. And it's something I've worked hard to, you know, be more truthful, be more vulnerable, be more honest. There you go. Except in a game. When you're playing a game, everything is up for grabs. You can do or say anything you want and not feel bad about it at all because what's in the game stays in the game. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can help you be more authentic and vulnerable. Maybe you can help me be more deceptive and lying. We can draw the best in each other. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have you ever applied for this show slash would you apply for this show? That's such a good question. Um, I could see you on this show. I could see it so clearly. For me, I'm just thinking of like, okay, what would be the path post survivor? Like would that negatively affect any career? Yeah, you have to think about that. That's what I was I mostly think about. I don't think it would negatively affect. I think it would probably even positively affect. Yeah, it's like for me, all publicity is good publicity. If people see that, oh, this Tom's yeah. younger person's on Survivor, and then they do a little Google search and they come to your other brothers and we just get more attention on your other brothers. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I for sure know a lot of it would be negative, but there would be lots yeah. of positive too. So maybe you just filter out the negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But though I think a big deterrent for me too is, and something I would have to think through is, Precisely what you said about um, side B representation and how that would be received. And yeah, because I would want to be myself and be honest. Um, yeah, about... I couldn't. Like, I've, I've thought about that. Would I lie about who I am? Or if I said I was gay, would I just pretend I'm affirming? Or right. <laughs> what would yeah. I do? Like, I, I just couldn't lie. I couldn't put that a facade up for a month. There's just no way. I couldn't. I just know my, I yeah. know myself and I know I couldn't do that. So, so that's super fair. I really respect that. I probably could do it. But it would be really unhealthy and I would need to purposely choose not to do that. You talk about your wife and kids at home and how you have your so sad daddy no. has to leave home for a while. <laughs> Did you say my what? You just be so sad that daddy has to leave home, leave his kids at home for a while. Because you have these like three kids at home and you're, you're a husband to a beautiful wife. Like you would set up this whole elaborate straight story. I just could see it so clearly. And people would believe it. They would buy it. You know, if I, I were it. straight... Um, Ellie on the previous season would just be exactly my type. I just loved her so much. She went home right before the merge and mm. she was just so I delightful. I remember her. Adam, this was fun. I, yeah, no, we will, we will definitely, if you're up for it, recap the season once it's over and, um, hopefully people that have gravitated to this episode will come back and listen in a few months when we crown a winner of Survivor, which is hopefully one of the people we mentioned uh. today and hopefully just not some rando who didn't deserve it, who didn't do anything. So, Just so long as it <laughs> we'll see. isn't anything like what happened last season. But I, I don't, I, I don't see anyone. Last season was a tragic end. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. It, season 43. <laughs> no spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, we were just like, what just happened? Yeah, it was a strange yeah, end it was a season. Yeah, a waking nightmare. Um, but every <laughs> other season that far, but been delightful. <laughs> delightful yeah usually and season so ends to, delightfully yeah usually yeah that was that was a travesty an absolute travesty uh, there's so much more to talk about with survivor too it's just i know well just people so the people listening if you want to spin off survivor podcast with tom and adam let me know let, let us know in the comments comment on our show <laughs> you're the brothers.com slash podcast and uh and let us know let us know what you think 
you know. Yeah, I'll get my lawyers to or my agent to figure out a fee, and I will get on that. I'm so excited. We are the Yab Podcast Network now, so we could. There's all. I've always made room. Like there's always room for more TV shows, more podcast shows, rather. So so who knows? Who knows what will happen? If the who demand knows? is there, the people want it. The brothers and the sisters listening too. If you're out there and you want a Survivor show, well, good luck escaping your little refugee bunker shelter. <laughs> It was nice to be able to just hear you and not all the construction around you today. Thank you for being nice and in a nice, quiet place. Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking with me, Tom, about Survivor. Always. Wonderful. We'll have to, yeah, if it's not Survivor on our next conversation, we'll have to find something else that you and I are both passionate about. I'm sure there's at least one other thing. We'll, we'll fit, we'll Definitely more Venn diagrams for us. Absolutely. Sure. We'll keep doing it. Well, until we cast whatever our next combo is, see you later, friends. Bye. First part, I wanted to just like try to draw people in, hopefully. So if they're not a Survivor fan and they're just like, oh, what are they talking about? And just hopefully maybe wet their whistle and, you know, go from there. Yeah. What is wet your whistle? Where does that come from? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of sexual, isn't it? Wet your whistle. It kind of has a sexual connotation after I just said that. <laughs> I guess. I guess kind of does. So I don't know. Wet your whistle just means, you know, anticipation gets you get you uh salivating thirsty i don't know i don't know what the connotation is are dry whistles not very loud or something or maybe they're hard to whistle when they're dry i don't want a dry whistle there you go wet your know. whistle yeah maybe there's something about that i don't know, I don't know. anyway yeah, i'm recording sorry here we go don't be like Erica and smash the hourglass. You can't turn back time. I would love to smash the hourglass. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate that hourglass. Survivor fans would understand that reference. They would.